Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I've appointed you a prophet to the nations. Thank you, Declan, this morning. Declan read our scripture verse for this morning. I love to get kids and our our students involved in reading, and so it's always a highlight of mine personally for uh, for every week is to get to hear them quote scripture. Because you know what happens when kids quote scripture, right? When kids spend time in scripture, they remember things, especially at this age and time when they are learning Scripture, when they're learning the Word of God, they hide it in their hearts. I think about it like this. How many of you know little kids remember everything you say? Anybody ever heard them? It's almost like a tape recorder, so you got to be careful, especially if you're a, a pastor of a church, because your kids can repeat things. But, uh, but kids repeat a lot of things. And I think as parents, we have the awesome opportunity to hide scripture in their hearts so that they hear, they learn, they observe, and they repeat those kind of things. So we're glad that Declan shared that with us this morning. Well, this morning we're going to look at Jeremiah and his calling. Jeremiah's calling this morning is very important to you and I today because God's church is everywhere. Wouldn't you agree? We, we, we say a lot of times this. We say, well, the church building is the church. I think that's an incorrect statement. The church is the church. And what I mean by that is individual members of the church, individual members of God's body are sent out. More so than anything right now, we understand being sent out, separated, we can't come back. We can't do things like we normally do. Things don't function like they normally do in our world right now. Everything's not exactly the same. And, and, and so there's a lot of things that need to be addressed. There's a lot of people that need to speak to the issues and concerns in this world. So we see Jeremiah and his calling. And, and I know that Jeremiah feels like he's inadequate. And if you've ever been called to serve called to do something for God, we feel kind of inadequate. But it's not about you and I and our adequacy. It's about God's power and might in us. It's about God's ability to take someone unfinished, unpolished, and do something extraordinary that points back to Him and His kingdom. Right now, in this time, we could use people that are willing to listen to the Lord. We notice about Jeremiah's dialogue too in the beginning of this that what, what happens to Jeremiah? He said, I can't. He starts offering excuses, right? 
And I know none of you offer excuses, right, for anything, right? We never make excuses. We automatically just say, yes, I'll do it. There's oftentimes we offer excuses, don't we? We have a number of excuses for a number of things. But God says, you know what? It's about me and you. It's not about you and what you can do, because if you could do something, then why would we need Him? It's about realizing we can't. It's about realizing our inadequacy. It's about realizing that God has positioned us where we are in life. Whether we like where we are right now or not, God has positioned us to do something for His kingdom's sake. And I know that many of us probably say, we, we, we really don't want to be here. We don't want to be in this time that we're in right now. We don't want to deal with this sickness, this illness. We don't want to deal with a lot of things. But God positions us in life where He has us at work, where He has us in our families, where He has us in our recreation. And, and, and wherever He has us, God has us there for a reason, right? We are not just in this life just to coast along and go along in life and make it through this life. It's got to be about more than that. So we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 to start off with. In verses 1 through 5, this is the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who, who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Now, I know like many of you probably this morning, you're saying, I know where Anathoth is, right? How many of you know where that is? You're saying, that's over there somewhere in the Delta, right? You know, you're saying, that's, that's got to be one of those, those cities we've never heard about. Like when people see on the news and they say, well, such and such Mississippi, and you said, and where? I've lived here all my life, and I've never heard of that place. And so we begin to say, well, I don't know where that is. But in case you're wondering where that is, it is the town of Benjamin. It is two to three miles north of Jerusalem. It's one of the four cities allotted to the Kohlites and Benjamin according to Joshua 21.8. So the priests there, see, the interesting thing about it is, the priests that are there, see, God chose and chooses to use the weak, base, and despised things to confound the mighty. So in this verse, we're going to see that, that God calls Jeremiah. It says, it says verse 2, it says, To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the sons of Amnon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So it tells you when it happens. And, and if you're a history-type person, and I know Tri's a history-type person, but, but if, when you're a history-type person, the dates matter because it tells you where things happen along the plan of time. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying... So this is Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to him, saying... The word of the Lord means, in that sense, God is calling him to do something. When God speaks to, to you and I like He speaks to Jeremiah, we ought to perk up and listen. How do you know that God is speaking to you? How could you know? If you are a student of the Scripture, if you are studying God's Word each and every day, if you are spending time in prayer, if you build that relationship with Him, then you'll know His voice, won't you? He you said, well, God hasn't audibly spoken to me. But I guarantee you, if you say that, go outside and look around. 
you see an amazing world that God created. But there are times where God uses a lot of things to speak to you and I. He calls us to do things that we cannot do on our own. And I thank God for that. There's things that you and I can't do by ourselves. Which for me is almost everything. Amen? There's things we can't do by ourselves. We need other people to come alongside of us, but greater still, there are God-sized tasks in our life that He calls us to that only He can fuel us and give us the power to accomplish. So there's a calling. What does that mean? A calling is a vocation or strong inner impulse toward a course of action, especially when accompanied by a conviction of divine influence. Now that is a... Merriam-Webster online definition. So, if that is, is from some kind of source like that, you begin to ask yourself questions like this. Maybe this happened earlier in life, and it should. What do you want to do for a living? You ever gotten asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? When, you, when you're growing up, you want, to, you want to be certain things, and it changes over time. But how did you know what you wanted to do for a living? And what could you be spiritually called to do if you already aren't engaged in that calling? What could God spiritually want you to do with your life? You say, well, my calling is... And then you say this. You know, but a lot of people say, well, my profession is this. No, your profession is not your calling. That's something you do. Your calling is something... God gives you. It's something you are. As Christian believers, we take the Word of God wherever we go. So whatever you and I do, we are to do for the glory of God. That means that if, if you and I dig ditches for a living, we dig ditches for the glory of God. Amen? That means if we work in a cubicle, that means that the ones in the cubicles next to us ought to know about Jesus too. That means if we sit in a, a classroom and we go to school, then, then those around us should know Jesus Christ. See, we are all called throughout life to do something that we can't do, that God can do. So this calling is accompanied by this. And so Jeremiah begins to understand that that he was approved and set apart as God's chosen instrument. He was meant to speak to a people that were impure, that needed to be ceremonially, but also needed to be morally pure. So in verse 5 it says this, the word of the Lord came to him, Jeremiah, says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. I have something for you to do, is what God's saying. I know you. And see, here's the remarkable thing, is that God knows us and still uses us. Amen? God knows our heart. God knows our desire. God knows our sin and still wants to use us. It's about God in us that accomplishes all He's calling us to do. See, God gives us and equips us and prepares us. If we're listening, God is going to use us in mighty ways. So Jeremiah is called to do that. Secondly, Jeremiah starts to give excuses. 
And God has a response to that. As I said before, you and I don't make excuses, right? We just do things on the first chance. We don't ask questions. We don't, you know, try to, try to dig deeper. We don't look through things. When, when God says it, we just do it, right? That ought to be how we live. But so many of us want to live according to our own plan. We want to do our own thing. So Jeremiah starts bringing up excuses, much like we do. Verse 6 says, Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak. I'm just a youth. We know that he was a young adult. He was just a youth. He thought, I don't have the experience. I don't have the uh, knowledge. I don't have the understanding. I don't have the training. I don't have all that I need to be able to do what you're calling me to do. So he comes to God with these kind of excuses, much like all of us do. See, we try to discount ourselves. But even more than that, we try to prohibit God from doing what He wants to do in our lives by saying those things, don't we? Because when God calls you and I, we ought to say, yes, God. God, you've given me everything and you've never failed. God, what are you calling me to do? I want to go. I want to do that. I want to do what God calls me to do. I don't care how frightening it is. I don't care how much it's outside of my own comfort zone. Wait a minute. When has it been about our comfort in following God? See, the Word of God, Jesus says what? That if they persecuted me, what are they going to do to you? They're going to persecute you. And some people are so surprised. They say, well... Look at what they're doing to Christians today. Look at what they did to Jesus. Do we expect anything less? We get comfortable in our faith. But He doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to live according to Him. See, His reluctance, Jeremiah, often points to those inspired ministers of God. So the intention is here to speak to the perversity of the rulers of the people of Judea at the time, he would need to arm himself with an intrepid mind. See, Jeremiah was a timid and sensitive type person, but he would need to be molded and need courage without diminishing this nature about him. He would need courage. So the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then what does the Lord do? Then the Lord goes out, picks up this coal, and touched his mouth and said to him, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. How many times does the Lord call us to something that He has prepared us for ahead of time and put those words right where they needed to be in our mind and heart? You might be reading through a set of scriptures right now and say, well, I don't get how this really fits into my life right now. But wait till God calls you to do something, then you recollect why you read that scripture passage. As you pull God in, and His Word and His plan, He brings that to your forefront of your mind and says, you know what, I will give you the words to say. 
I will put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. God says, in other words, I have given you a purpose greater than yourself. And I expect you to listen. I'm going to give you the words to say. You know how many people, when I encounter people, they say, well, I don't want to mess up and say the wrong thing. When you talk about people sharing their faith, living it out, where God called them, where God has them, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to speak the wrong thing. I don't want to you know, pray with somebody and mess up. When has it been about you? It's about God in you that gives you and I the unique ability to do things that we can't do on our own. And when we rely on His power, God does something extraordinary in our life, but in the lives of those around us. See, God has called you. You are not helpless. You are not hopeless. God has called you and I. Thirdly, Jeremiah is appointed over the nations. As I said a minute ago, that he's given the words to say, that he's given a kingdom to speak to. What is God calling you to do? You might work in different facets and forms in this world. God has called you. We each have something to offer, amen? Because if God lives in us, we each have purpose. And, and there's a lot of folks in this world that don't have purpose. They just kind of meander along and they bite onto this or that that sounds good today and tomorrow and it changes so much and everything's so fluid about everything. But God and His Word never changes. Amen? God doesn't change. And we have to remember that. And you might say, well, that line gets repeated a lot around here. It's because we need to hear it, don't we? See, God's Word sometimes is repetitive. Why? Because you and I, we don't hear the first time, do we? We need that reminder. We need to understand. See, God touched Jeremiah's mouth, gave him the word to speak, even though he didn't have the ability himself. Set him over those things. Helped him to be able to speak to, to predict everything that was going to happen and to address their conduct, whether it was good or bad. But understand this, restoration was God's purpose. So Jeremiah gets a vision and interprets this. See, there's, there's an understanding you've got to have about this next part, is that he's speaking about the idolatry in the land. He's speaking about the practices in the land, and he's telling the people, this is how you need to live. And God is going to bring judgment and God is going to reprove. And God is going to help you in the future. But it might hurt right now. You know, there's, there's seasons that we walk through that are exactly like that. Verse, verse 11, it says this, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Then the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north the evil will break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. 
For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdom of the north, declares the Lord, and they will come and they will set each one his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem and against its walls round about and against all the cities of Judah. And I will pronounce my judgment on them concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me and have offered sacrifices to other God and worshipped the works of their own hands. Now gird up your loins. How many of you? That sounds, that sounds like a, a deep theological statement. God tells you to gird up your loins. He says, get ready, right? Prepare yourself. When do you and I need to prepare ourselves? Right now. For everything that's going to come. Right now, we need to prepare ourselves. Right now is what God is saying. Prepare yourself. Be ready for what is about to happen. This judgment that is to come. Because of this worship to other gods. Because of the works of people's own hands. Gird up your loins and arise, and speak to them all which I am commanding to you. Do not be dismayed before them, or I will dismay you before them. Now behold, I have made you today a fortified city as a pillar of iron, and as walls of bronze against the whole land, to the kings of Judah, to its princes, to its priests, and to the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. They will come against you because of what you're saying, but rely on me. You will face adversity, but rely on me. Let my words come out of your mouth. Let the meditations of your heart be on me, and I will teach you what to say. I will help you address the land today. I will help you speak against the morals and the values that this country has taken themselves away from. I will help you speak to everything that's ahead, but you've got to put your trust in me and let me speak through you so that it's not you at all. But if you try to get up and speak, and it's all about you, then I'm going to let you have it. Sometimes we wonder why we're ineffective in our walk with God. It's because we try to do it on our own. We try to muscle through it. And if you've ever been really, really tired and you try to muscle through something, you usually don't do your best job, do you? You, you finish whatever you're doing, you get through with it, but you really don't reap what you have put into it. The same thing goes here. It's God in us that gives us the power, the ability, the might to speak to the world around us in such a way that it changes the hearts and minds of mankind. You and I can't do anything apart from God. Amen? See, God wants us to say, you know what, yes, I can't do it. Jeremiah had a good response. And God says, but I can and I'm going to teach you what to say, and I'm going to give you the words to say, I just want you to do what needs to be done to speak to a wicked and perverse land as we see ourselves today. The people in Jeremiah's time had departed from what God wanted them to do, and so too, today I believe that we have done so as well. So how do we make sense of Jeremiah's discourse here? His call, his commission, his vision. I believe we have to ask ourselves an excessive, uh, successive number of se uh, questions here. What has or is God calling you and I to do? 
What purposes does God have for you and I to speak to such a spiritually depraved land as we find ourselves in today? I believe God has given Christians a message that the masses need to hear. Amen? I believe we have a message that the world is looking for. People have lost, as some people say, their ever-loving mind, right? People are acting crazy in this world. And rather than throw our hands up and say, what will we do? God says, my people are to be a people of prayer. Let me say that one more time. My people are to be a people of prayer. And, and, and when we pray, things happen, don't they? When we pray, God uses us. When we avail ourselves to the Word of God, God does something that you and I cannot do. God helps us speak to the hearts of mankind. And you might say, well, I'll never stand in a pulpit. But using the example I used a minute ago, I may never dig ditches. But where you are, you might be speaking to somebody that I never will. See, God can use any one of us when we avail ourselves to Him. Secondly, what excuses have you tried to offer? We're good at excuses, right? We can make up some doozies, can't we? We can come up with one for everything, right? We can come up with, I mean, we can craft some of them, and I'm telling you, some of y'all are very good wordsmiths. Y'all can make it sound good too, but so can I. What excuses have we made? And if, if He, being God, governs and guides and gives us the words to say, then what is keeping us from making the impact that He is intending for us to make? See, Jeremiah was an instrument of God. Not an instrument like, you know, play a horn or trumpet. But he was an instrument, meaning that God wanted to use his gifts and abilities inside of Jeremiah to do something extraordinary. So how can you be used by God for his intentions and purposes within your time span here he has called you to? See, you and I, I think the longer you live, the more you know that it moves faster and faster. And when you're young, you think you got the entirety of your life ahead, and then it goes zoom very fast. So every day, we need to avail ourselves to God so that God can do something in our lives. He will give us what we need to say. He will give us what we need to do. And I truly believe this, that you and I will not be fulfilled in our life until we're obedient to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You and I won't be at a sense of completion or fulfillment in our lives until we're obedient to God. So we need to stop making excuses and start seeking forgiveness and obedience in the areas God has called us to. You're never too far off course that God can't use you in His path for His glory. Thirdly, we understand that where God leads us, He equips us for our obedience. Where the Holy Spirit has led me, He has prepared me. i found that He's preparing me in many ways that I'm unaware of or feel like they're simply unrelated to where I am at the time. It isn't until later that everything begins to converge together 
And God does what only God can time and again. At this God-ordained time in my life where all things come together and it's the scripture and it's the prayer life and it's the relationship and it's the calling that he calls us to. See, God is and has prepared you and I for the calling that is ahead. It's often said that the hardest step is the first one. Everything may be unknown and uncertain to us, but understand this. Everything is not unknown and uncertain to God. Amen? He knows our steps. Even the ones we use in the morning stumbling to the coffee maker trying to make it to wake up, right? He knows all of our steps. He knows what is ahead. He knows everything. He also knows what? He knows how we were uniquely created for His purpose. Scripture said this morning, Declan told us this morning, He created us in His in our mother's womb, for a purpose, right? He knows all and still wants to use us as a body of Christ, each one uniquely having gifts and abilities. As we obey God, He begins to lay out a portion of His plan before us. See, most of us are planners, and we love to have this awesome blueprint, right? It says, these are all the steps in your life until you're going to die. If we had all of that, we would know a lot of stuff, but then it would begin, begin to have us relying on ourselves. So God lays out a portion of the plan and says, Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I'll guide your path. Trust me. Trust me. I'm going to take you where I need you to go. Just trust me. Follow me. Follow me and do what I say and say what I tell you to say. God says to trust Him and follow Him daily which is our faith life and gives us fuel for the journey. In this, relying on Him becomes vital because we realize this, this sentiment, this statement. Without God, you and I can't do anything. But we serve a God that makes all things possible, right? Without you, God, I can't do a single thing. But God, with you, you have called me, set me apart, consecrated me, given me the ability to do something that I cannot explain, that I can say and that I can do for your glory. It's about you and me. It's about the fact that God has called all Christians to speak to a wicked and perverse generation as we see now. Some people say, well, it's as bad as I've ever seen it. But God is not surprised. And God has called His army. And you and I are that army. So we've got to spend time every day with Him so that when we go into battle, we realize we are inadequate, but God is so adequate, right? We fall short of His glory. We mess up and we do it often. But God takes imperfect things and does amazing work. God takes a willing heart and He will speak to the masses. We often think of someone like Billy Graham and you say, well, Billy Graham always could speak like he did, right? Go back and do your research on his first sermons. How fast was his first sermon? How quickly did he get through with that? How often did he go back and say, this is what I wish I would have said? You and I, Know the brevity of life and how quickly it is. What we've got to acknowledge today is that without Him, we can't do anything. Father God, we come at this time. God, we pursue You and Your kingdom and Your face today, God.
God, we know there are many things that we need to cry out to you for, God, and you will govern and guide our path. So this morning, as we come to you in this time of invitation, God, what have you called us to do? How do we need to answer? How do we need to change our perspective so that it may be more of you and us and less of us, God? So that we might reach those around us where God has us in this season of life. Father God, we don't throw our hands up because you didn't do that with us. So God, we are to love others, to speak the truth, to tell others how you are the hope in a generation without hope. God, guide and govern our hearts. Help us to make all things according to your plan. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.